0: This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The
1: Fan. Let's kick things off on a Friday. It is Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, we have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things Basement D. Visit DL Basement Systems. After flying solo yesterday, we're back together, Mr. Vickers. Good to see you, pal.
0: Reunited, and it feels so good. When you have an unstoppable force and an immovable object, and you separate them, it just feels so much better when they get back together. Reunited, pal. Great to see you. Hope your stint on the morning show was fruitful not sure what it necessarily means when i say (laughs) fruitful there but i hope you had
1: a good time but i hope you missed me as well and here we are back at it i did i did miss you i'm glad we're back here on a friday and we got lots to get to on the program today we'll continue our nhl offseason review we're heading east to buffalo home of my favorite hot wing and home of the buffalo sabers we'll check in with heather angle I found another very successful draft for the Buffalo Sabres, Mr. Vickers having one Zach Benson fall to them. Oh, not bad, right? Not bad. Top six-ish guy Could falling be worse. out of the top ten. Could be worse. Uh, so we'll chat uh, Buffalo Sabres. We're going to get into the Stampeders conversation with Patty Dumont a little later on this hour. Stamps and Red Blacks from McMahon Stadium for Family Day on Sunday. And a Friday chat with Adnan Verk, MLB Network, NHL Network, but almost more importantly than all of that, Aaron, the cinephile podcast, where are movies back? Is this the first weekend of movie theaters and movies being back with Barbie and Oppenheimer? We'll ask him some baseball, maybe some hockey questions, but I'm I'm generally curious if a guy like Adnan feels like movies are back in action
0: what a marketing giant those two movies have become just by playing off each other like i don't know if ever in the history of time two movies that are probably polar opposites have ever and i mean it happened organically it's not well unless there's some puppet master somewhere don't get me wrong but sort of an organic social media viral explosion and now it's become the thing that you do the double header. You go see one, then the other, and there's a little online debate in terms of which order you need to see them in. Mm -hmm. But just an absolute runaway juggernaut from the social media marketing perspective that is those two movies.
1: So we'll get into that with Adnan and Virk. He'll kick off hour three. We'll also uh, dive into our NHL Free Agents Best Remaining We've done forwards, we've done D this week, and we'll jump into we'll jump into the uh, goaltending class. Who remains out there if your team in the NHL needs a goaltender?
0: Or if you happen to trade one and want one just as a little bit yeah. of security, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know if that scenario
1: sounds For familiar sure. at all. Yeah, there's something to be said about that, so we'll dive into that as well. All of that uh, coming up on the show today. Cam and Taylor are with us. There are outstanding producers here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. But it is a Friday. We're coming to the end of the week, Aaron. And uh, I wanted to dive into uh, a Calgary Flames topic with you because we did have Flames news this week. Yes. Right? We have dove into it a couple times. Different pieces. Kirk Muller now off to Washington. We got that news yesterday. We have a new Wranglers head coach. Mika Kippersoff's number was retired. But as far as the items that we're waiting on, it's been a pretty quiet week. And so I'm curious in your mind, now that we're... And look, this could change. If you're listening to this later on a Friday, or you're listening to it over the weekend as we get ready for our shows on Monday. I'm
0: just refreshing Twitter right now just in case, to be perfectly <laughs> yeah, honest. If a,
1: freed, if a Friedman tweet comes down or something, we'll, we'll pivot. But as of right now, the three big pieces for the Calgary Flames, this week at least, Aaron, seem to be status quo. Michael Backlund, Noah Hannafin, and Elias Lindholm are still on the Calgary Flames roster. We haven't heard anything as towards movement on any three of those scenarios. Good, bad, indifferent, surprise we've gone another week without hearing anything on any of those guys. Yes and
0: no. I want to say no, because what's changed in a week, but now we're at Friday, July 21st. So what changed last week and the week before that, so on and so forth. So suddenly, yeah, you can look at it as a five day snippet of your work week where Elias Lindholm is still a member of the Calgary Flames. Michael Backlund is still a member of the Calgary Flames. Noah Hannafin, as you mentioned, still a member of the Calgary Flames. Are we expecting one domino to fall and then the others will? Are we expecting this to drag out through the rest of July and into August and maybe into September? So as a whole, I'm not surprised that something didn't break in the last five days. And I could say that for the five days prior and the five days prior. But now we're almost four full weeks from the NHL draft. And those three still remain members of the organization. So something's gonna happen at some point logo. I can't necessarily tell you in which order if I if, if all were going, I know which betting line I would take in terms of one, two, three. But the fact that nothing's happened in mid to late July is one a surprise, but also not a surprise because it just feels like in the NHL it's been a slow week. We haven't seen anything sort of groundbreak, Unless I'm forgetting something, missing no, something. Do, all due RFA respect to Kirk stuff. Muller. We have uh, arbitration coming up and things of that. Gabe Velarde. couple RFA signings Samsonhoff avoiding that. Went
1: to, to arbitration with the Leafs today. But no. nothing.
0: Nothing earth-shattering. So it's kind of quiet league-wide. And all it takes is one to get things going, to get the buzz feeling again. But I think this is a lot of a byproduct of right now there's a lot of teams with a lot of cap considerations to get in order. And none of these three guys from the Calgary Flames are gonna break the bank. They're all on value contracts for me. But what's it gonna take? And if I'm general manager Craig Conroy and the deal hasn't hit my inbox or the text message hasn't come through, or the phone call hasn't inspired me to pull the trigger on a deal then don't do it. There's no rush. We're a long ways away from the opening day in October, long ways away from the 2024 NHL trade deadline next spring. I don't think you force it to make news, and I don't think you make a deal just to make a deal if you're the Calgary Flames right now. And that's why I think everything's been quiet. Even just on the rumor front, on the speculation front, everything's just kind of come to a hush
1: a little bit. Here's my take on, on the three. And the reason that it's interesting to me is because I think we're talking about three different scenarios. In the sense of I I think, given everything that we've heard, I and given what we you know recently talked about with Ufe Bowden and, you know, some of the Swedish news articles that Michael's Backlund has talked to over the last week or so. I really don't think unless something changes that that we're talking about a Michael Backlund trade this summer the market just doesn't seem to be there he seems comfortable coming into training camp i think the flames would be more than comfortable with him as a member he's of the a good team. pro yeah that's to me it's a non issue one way or the other even if he has said as of right now i'm not re signing he hasn't closed the door to coming back um does that change like you know we've talked about, does that change sort of if maybe you view him as a captaincy candidate, for, for sure. I think that's a natural thing to do, but I think that's a situation that's separate from Hannafin and from Lindholm. I still think there's a good chance Noah Hannafin gets traded. I think knowing his situation is as clear-cut as it is.
0: It's the most crystal clear of the three.
1: Yeah, and I think that that fits into exactly your narrative that you said of don't you don't need to force anything. It's July 21st. There's still a month plus before we even begin to start talking about training camps and getting in there. I'm sure that that market will shift at one point. There's still a few big pieces out there that we want to see, or that we're going to see get sorted out. But to me, the most interesting one, and the reason I brought this up was here's Elias Lindholm. Another week with big money on the table And as far as we know, still no answer one way or the other. That, to me, is the most frustrating situation right now because, and I've said this before, and even if they have an internal deadline, at some point, no answer is your answer. And at some point, if you're the Calgary Flames, if you're Craig Conroy and Dave Nonis and the rest of the management staff, you're going to start to feel a little bit offended that you have opened up the, the bank account and put it on there, and it's just missing a signature from number 28 on there. Put the E Lindholm on the signature, and away it goes, and we're here. that, that That's sitting on there, and there hasn't been an answer one way or another. That, to me, is... Because they're, they're different situations, right? Like I, I really think all three of them... I think Lindholm could go either way. I think I know how Hannafin's going to go. I think I know how Backlund's going to go. But Lindholm I I have no idea And at what point does it become you know is it already frustrating for Flames vengeance to say look we've we've had this on the table for weeks now
0: months almost how long, now yeah
1: how long does it take for you to 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 make it and maybe he has but we sure haven't heard about it if he has and that that to me is the most kind of concerning thing at this point that that much money that much term is on the table and Still, we sit here with no answer from Elias Lindholm.
0: Well, and the frustration lies in what's left to sort out. The last game was played in mid April, and we're now into I don't know. Do I get to call it late June? We're in the latter third of the month. So we'll say late July. Sorry. Figure I would know my months by now. What's left to determine? What's left to decide? And I could understand not asking or pushing or even just receiving an answer in April, in May, even in June, because as a player, you're still waiting to see how the coaching situation plays out. You're still waiting on how the GM situation plays out. You're also still decompressing over what was probably one of his most, if not the most frustrating season of his career. So at what point do you get over those hurdles and you get your mind clear on what your future is going to be and which way you're going to go. Because as you mentioned, the longer this goes on, my own personal interpretation is if I if I ask to partner with you, Logo, on a project, I'm really passionate about this project. I really think that this can be a hit. I think we're going to knock it out of the park. I think you're absolutely integral to this product project going forward. And you keep kicking your... Involvement down the road and down the road and non committal. And well, I don't know yet. Well, at some point, you're going to hurt my feelings. At some point, I'm going to know that your heart isn't in it if you're not necessarily willing to give me an answer in what I deem is an appropriate timeline. And I don't know what the appropriate timeline is on Elias Lindholm. I'm just saying, from my own Aaron Vickers perspective, if you keep telling me I don't know yet, I don't know yet, I've got to see what happens. I got to see how I'm feeling. At some point, I'm basically going to go, okay, well, your non-answer is going to be an answer to me. And I don't know if that looks like an August internal deadline for the Calgary Flames, September when camp rolls around, trade deadline next spring. I don't know what that looks like for Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames, but at some point you'd like to know. At some point, you'd like clarity well, on the And that's what I
1: mean. That's that's what's frustrating here at this point is, and I can understand why Flames fans are frustrated because, look, do I think that the 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 hard and fast deadline to get something done with Elias Lindholm is training camp? I, I still firmly believe that if he's not coming back, Craig's going to be a man of his word and say, we're not going to go down the Johnny Gaudreau situation again. I, I just think if that guy is telling you he's not coming back, then there's no point in going into trade. It's different with Backlund. It it just is. It's different with Michael Backlund. Uh, Given, I think, the the fact, and let's be honest, I think given the return and what you're talking about for different players, I think it's different with Michael Backlund to be able to go into the season and potentially look at that as a trade deadline deal. I don't think you can take the same chance with Elias Lindholm, who's your potential number one center, and it's going to mean so much to your team because, again, injuries come into play. Good performance comes into play. That's the biggest thing for me. Even if he says he's not coming back, if somehow this team finds itself close to or in a playoff position at trade deadline, it changes everything. You can't put yourself in that same scenario again where, man, manager, are really first wants in the Western Conference really and he- want us to be in the playoffs again. We've been out to get some of that playoff revenue in. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying, no, we got to keep Elias home at trade deadline time. You cannot have that happen again. So, I think it has to be settled before, but I just don't know what at this point is holding up that decision. Because to your point, the coach has been decided, the assistant coaches have been decided, the GM has been decided. These were all things that we were told the player wanted to hear from, wanted to get a feeling for. Even
0: Tyler Toffoli's been decided. Yep. So your your top your your right winger situation. You might not know who is there, but you do know for better or worse who isn't going to be there. So that's another piece of the puzzle that's already fit in. So for me, if I'm playing NHL GM, I'm putting the GM cap on and I'm in a situation where my number one center is up for unrestricted free agency in 11 months time. I don't know if I wanted to go into training camp in that situation. I think think internally for me, there would be a September one sort of, what are we going to do here? Let's get something done or let's move on. Because that way, I'm heading into training camp knowing the guys that are here, that are with me, and I'll agree with you that Michael Backlund is a separate case for a couple of for a couple of reasons in my books. One, you've already got 15 years out of him. You've got 908 NHL games. I'm not necessarily as much as asset management is a thing. I'm less worried about the scenario where if my team is in a playoff spot. Michael Backlund is one of those playoff additions without actually adding anything. You're keeping him in the fold. We hear all the time about going external when you're on the bubble and bringing in somebody, giving up a pick or whatnot. But you also hear the teams that could be sellers keeping their guys and being like, that's our deadline acquisition. I'd be fine with that in in a Michael Backlund sense. If it doesn't go your way and you're on the outside looking in, I don't think Michael Backlund goes for any less than he would today than he does at the NHL trade deadline. So you can always toss out the, oh, but what if he gets injured? Well, that's any player. Sure. Any player can get injured. But the other thing, what allows it you to do is if you keep Michael Backlund, your one-two is Kadri Backlund. If you move both of them, all of a sudden you got Kadri, Dube, Dube, Ruzishka.
1: Rooney, maybe. So
0: even if you're looking at not immediately replacing Michael Backlund because you still have him on the roster, you can use Michael Backlund to insulate the guy. If it's a Connor Zari, if it's Adam Rzichka, whomever, you can use Michael Backlund to insulate them and help them develop into the guy that is eventually going to replace Michael Backlund as opposed to just going, well, we've got one-ish center on our roster. Mm. Dylan Dubé, we're going to need you to move to the middle. Adam Rzichka, we're going to give you a shot. Prospect X, now is your time to shine. You're still allowing development of the eventual replacements to happen. In my books, that's how I look at it.
1: Uh, the fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet today at nine six zero nine six zero. Some text to get to. Uh, this one says, "Dudes, maybe Lindholm is just waiting for more cash. It may be that simple." Here's the thing about that: I don't think there's more cash coming.
0: I don't even know how much. And I've had a lot of talk about this with, with Pat Steinberg. I don't even know how much I love the cash that's on the table. If there's I'm being do honest, don't.
1: there's a lot of people that wouldn't sign Lindholm to the deal that's on the table. And the
0: thought is, well, it's probably 500,000 a year overpayment in my books. I think it's probably closer to what Bo Horvat got at the eight times 8.5. So I don't necessarily know if there's more money to give. Like, I don't think that this is necessarily a negotiating play. If it is, I don't think it necessarily, I don't, I don't imagine it goes well if you've waited all this time and then go to Craig Conroy and say, "Hey, Craig, we've got a deal, but I'm going to need to squeeze you for another 250k." Like yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's the scenario. We're t- it could be. It I, could and be. I
1: like Elias Lindholm a lot. I don't know that he gets more than that on the market next year. Like if he were to walk straight out to free agency next year, is he?
0: The cap is bumping, but at the same time, what if he? What if he's the sixty-point guy? Yeah. What if he's not a 40-goal, 80-point Selkie Trophy nominee? What if he's more like he was last year? Then that's costing him money, I would say.
1: Yeah, I, I look, and maybe that maybe that is the play from, from their camp. I just, I don't know how much more money. The, the The Flames have made it pretty clear that they've gone, you know, almost as high as they're willing to go at this point. So we'll see. Uh, this one says: Is it possible uh, Lindholm is waiting to see the return from a Hannafin trade? Whether the Flames get futures players now, Hannifin could play a role in Lindholm's decisions. Thoughts that comes from Dan and Cochran. I, I mean, I think it's it's possible. I, I think if you're Lindholm, the the ultimate factor is is you know that Hannifin's not coming back, right? I don't I don't know that the return. Maybe he's interested if it happens before he makes a decision, but I don't know that his it hinges. It hinges on that. That would be my only rebuttal to that. And that's, it, it, maybe it is. Right? Maybe if you're Lindholm, it, it helps you decide one way or the other what the return is on Noah Hannafin. But you're right, I don't think it's
0: At the same factor time, one. if I'm Elias Lindholm and that's the situation that Dan and Cochran presents, I'm letting Craig Conroy know to a degree my decision hinges on whether or not you're going to try and remain competitive or if you're going to use the pieces you get back from Noah Hannafin as future pieces and not win now pieces. So I I do think there's potentially some validity to that thought, wanting to know the direction of a team that you're going to re-up for eight years with. So nine years total when you include this season. You want to be competitive, you want to win. It's in the nature of 700 plus NHLers that they're wired to compete and they're wired to win. So if I am putting myself in the player's shoes now, I did the GM thing earlier. If I'm putting myself in a player's shoes and I have an opportunity to go through a quasi-rebuild, retool, refresh, whatever you want to call it, or I can go and find a team as an unrestricted free agent or a team via trade, that gets me closer to my ultimate goal, maybe I take a harder look at that.
1: Uh, this one says, I don't understand how how, and why people expect there to be massive trades that are this offseason, even if there are UFAs to be signed this year or next. The cap is brutal. What's the team to do? I, I think there's... The cap is, without a doubt, a... Hindrance. A hindrance. But I, I think there are creative ways to get things done, especially for a guy like Noah Hannafin, who, like, it's different... Even talking into last year, when you're talking about guys like, you know, Kane and Taves, who have these massive cap numbers and doing it mid-season and, and salary retained, you can always go down that road. And I think for Noah Hannifin, I really don't think the what the 4.9 is it? Yeah, I I don't think that's as a number that's going to.
0: It's not going to scare anybody.
1: No, and uh, if you, and if you eat half
0: of that, he's at 4.95. So if you, you eat half of it, you're getting a guy that can play 23 minutes a night who can play in the top pair. I personally think he's more of a three than, than a number two. But if you're getting a guy like that at 2.5 million, that's a steal. Same goes for Elias Lindholm. He's making 4.85. You mean to tell me there aren't 10, 15 teams that would just find a way to make a number one center and a potential top three number two center depending on how you slot in at 2.5 2.4 i don't it's it's a hindrance yes it's a discouraging element yes but if you have the opportunity to add players like that for 2.5 million dollars or less i imagine you you explore that route
1: uh before we get out of here and get to uh patrick dumas talking calgary Stan Peters. Uh, Kevin Weeks from ESPN, NHL.com, NHL Network. Uh, his Twitter account's back. He's no longer selling MacBooks uh, on Twitter. So congratulations to Kevin. And uh, not only does he bring us that his Twitter account's back, but he brings us uh, some news. Uh, Seattle Kraken closing in on a contract extension with Vince Dunn. And that shouldn't surprise anybody, but it will surprise you because it surprised Darren Vickers to find out that Vince Dunn had like 64 points last season. I don't
0: know where I was yet. <laughs> 14 goals, 50 assists for 64 points with Seattle as a defenseman. I don't know what I missed. He's in the, he's in the division. I just, when we stumbled upon his numbers, when we were going through uh, restricted and unrestricted free agent defensemen that were still available, like what the quietest 64 points on the blue line this past year, I would venture.
1: So we're expecting them to avoid arbitration with Vince Dunn. And it should be an interesting contract to watch for here, Aaron. He's a 26-year-old defenseman uh, coming off of, like we just mentioned, his best career season at 64 points in 81 games and another 7 points in 14 playoff games for the Kraken. And uh, one of the key pieces for that team is a young D.
0: Played 2340 a night.
1: That's going to be a big contract. like If you're talking, because it's all UFA years now. The only, the only issue
0: is he doesn't really have the track record the year before he had 35 points in 73 games. The year prior to that with the St. Louis blues, he had 20 points in 43
1: games, but they have nobody signed up long-term there. You got to imagine this is the guy that they do that. with. Well, he's,
0: he finished 11th in a nor in Norris voting. He's a top 11 defenseman in the NHL as voted on good year to cash in. If you're Vince Dunn. timing is everything. Logo timing is everything.
1: Uh, so we'll wait and see uh, details of that. But Kevin Weeks, like I said, now not selling MacBooks on Twitter anymore. Uh, but uh, breaking some news that the Kraken are closing in on a contract extension with RFA defenseman Vince Dunn. We'll take a break. Come back on the other side. Stampeders and Red Blacks from McMahon Stadium on Sunday. Get you the latest on the matchup for the Calgary Stampeders. They like to get back to 3-3 three and three on the season. Patty Dumont joins us next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This weekend at McMahon Stadium, it's family day. You can head out to the Gridiron Gardens. There'll be poster giveaways. It looks like the weather's going to be a
0: scorcher. 29 degrees. Just a hint of some cloud cover.
1: Wear some sunscreen. Stay hydrated. Yes. Probably never a problem. No, probably not. And a chance to enjoy the Calgary Stampeders and the Ottawa Red Blacks. Stamps looking to get to 500 on the season. First, looking for their first home win as well. That will end off week seven of CFL action. It got going last night in Winnipeg. Blue Bombers take care of business against the Edmonton Elks, 28-14. But uh, we're focusing in on the Calgary Stampeders right now. by going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcoming in our Stampeders receiver. He's also the producer of Rustic and Rose on the big show. Uh, Patty Dumont joins us this afternoon. Patrick, what's up, pal? Oh, not a lot, of Logo. I'm doing all right. How are you? We're doing good, man. Uh, what's keeping you busy? You watching World Cup? You watching golf? What's up?
2: Oh, God. Um, well, today I had to do some errands. And no. Whatnot. But yeah, I was watching some golf uh, this morning. Well, what, what I could. I, again, we don't have that channel logo. <laughs> I believe Azam was sending a note to, uh, to Art about oh. uh, what channels we do and don't have in that on air room. Because, hell, the producers get to watch the open, but we can't.
0: Hmm. This really hits home for the guys in the room here, right? Like, I heard well, this conversation earlier.
2: Well it does like it's that early, and there's live sports on and it's it's nice it's like especially a major to watch that. It was nice with Wimbledon on could watch all of that, but the open we don't get the golf channel in that uh in that uh, room what's uh
0: what's more rude the fact that you can't watch what you want on demand or the fact that they only gave you just a teaser of logo and I get them the rest of the time. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well we love our our uh our whatever uh, you know he, he's, it's like it's like a solar eclipse he every he, every so <laughs> often he comes by in the morning and uh we get graced with his presence. Uh he, he's great, you know, he rolled strolled in there the boys uh in the morning they were getting worried he wasn't going to show up. I was late a uh, little later than Ooh. I usually am. So they're like, "Oh god, where are they?" "Oh god." And then uh you know, but we were all right. Uh we figured it out. But logo loves loves the mornings because his days over with early and then then he got to go see Oppenheimer last night. That's true.
0: We'll uh, we'll eventually get to that. I just want to know because coming in here is a relative newcomer, there's this the morning show versus afternoon guys rivalry. That's a real thing, right?
2: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't think <laughs> it is. We, you know, Cam Cam worked with us last week. I know. You no, know, Taylor never, Taylor didn't come by. I don't know. I don't know what her problem is. Maybe she's got a vendetta <laughs> against us all. But uh, everybody else came. I
0: refuse to wake up before seven thirty uh, in the morning.
2: That's fair. You know what? That's uh, respectable cuz all I can do is get up before 7:30 in the morning now.
0: And and Patty, I got to apologize because I other than uh co-hosting with Maddie Rose a couple <laughs> weeks back, I've never done the show and it's for the exact same reason where Hey, can you come on at 7:30? I'm like my alarm's set for 9. So See, we got an issue what? here.
2: We we you know, we get it. We're limited with our guests, so that's, you know, we're, we're lucky that we we come with the east, so we're lucky with the western ones we got. I mean, at least you're not living on specific time because oh boy that that's hectic so we only can really stick yet like 8 30 uh so you know really it's it's i respect it you know take your time you're night owl you like the afternoons stay in bed it's okay there's not much happening
0: the real reason is pat steinberg won't let me he's very protective
2: <laughs>
1: he's very much attached to you yes yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, Why didn't know. he
2: take you to Europe with? Them? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, he took that, me to Nashville. Not that attached. Well, I guess
2: that were. Uh, yeah, I guess they that's, just you know, went on a mean, trip together. Athens. They call it what? They call it Athens of the U.S. So
1: yeah,
0: I, I guess they do. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: Patty, we're getting set for uh, for Sunday at McMahon Red Blacks in town to take on the Stampeders. Uh, Sunday matchup. So we don't have depth charts uh, yet, but it sounds like mm-hmm. we're approaching a, a possible. New uh, look for the Calgary Stampeders, and that it might be the same look that they had last week in Saskatchewan.
2: Yeah, luckily, you know, a little bit of scare earlier on in the week when you you see Luther Kunavanu in, in a walking boot, and, uh, you know, Tommy Lee Lewis uh, just walked right out of the locker room and right to the bench. You know, oh, he, he looked mad. What happened there? But, you know, <laughs> just, you know, a little maintenance days and whatnot. Uh, Maddie said at practice they were. They were all out there. Nobody, uh, nobody out of place. The offense has been the same. So right, like it's so that's a good look for J- Jake Mayer heading in uh, to Sunday as having the guys he worked so well with on on last week in Saskatchewan.
1: And uh, look, this is a big game for the Calgary Stampeders, A chance to get back to five hundred. We're not sure what the Rough Riders look like with Mason Fine going mm-hmm. forward at quarterback. And uh, rare opportunity. This isn't something they're used to. Uh, but Patty, a chance to get their first win at home that's got to be a big focus for them,
2: yeah, I mean, like Dave's mentioned it a few times this year is uh, lately they've had really you know not the greatest years at home, like being under five hundred or slow starts uh but yeah, getting that getting that in tune at home is so key because they'll have a majority of home games here coming up throughout the summer months. I know they're going to be right back out on the road after playing Ottawa, but, you know, August, there's a few home games. So get acclimated being back here. It should be a good crowd there on Sunday. The weather's hot. Use that use that to your advantage. It, it, it's going to be a fun day for everybody. And just being, you know, back at home, I think, just you know, takes a little bit of ease off. I know the boys probably just got a chance to bond over these Last two uh, road trips, you know, it wasn't like they were always out in out in Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, they obviously came home during the week, but it was, you know, it was just being out on the road, I think helps. And, you know, you get, you get two polar opposite type games, you know, the Winnipeg game where, you know, looking good in the first half and then you, 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 you sm- fall asleep in the second half, but then that you, they put it all together. Outside of maybe maybe a little factor in the special teams with the punt cover team, uh, you know, a lot of surrendering Mario Alfred having two touchdowns, but I know Mark Killam, you know, he's the he's the senior guy on that coaching staff, and uh, he's well respected in that room. I know he's going to have those boys cranked up. So you know, I'm excited for them to be back at home. I haven't been to a game since week one, <laughs> so I'm definitely excited to be back uh, at McMahon on Sunday.
1: Uh, And yeah, I guess just talking about we had Nick Lewis on a little bit earlier this week and he was talking about that relationship that Jake Mayer is developing with his receivers and that continuity week to week, something we haven't seen. Imagine that's just got to be a big thing for this entire team to know, you know, the guy beside them is going to be the same as it's been for the first time all season long.
2: Exactly. And like, yeah, having that offensive line continuity together to help keep Jake upright is a, is a big issue too. So that's, that helps him stay clean in the pocket. You saw the stats. Well, hopefully you saw some of the stats <laughs> from the game against Saskatchewan, but you know like that, that continuity on the offensive line having Luther Hakunavanu back you know Traeon's Duke is is reliable this will be the third week he works with Mark and Michelle so I'm really interested for that combination to get their chance I know he had his two touchdowns with Luther and and the the CFL debut of Tommy Lee Lewis who uh, he he could be an X factor for this team you know uh the smaller guy can, can work out of the slot and you know what you're giving him a 5 yard head start now so we know what he could do in the return game down in the NFL. He's quite active down there. He, you know, spent six seasons. You know, down with the Saints uh, and whatnot. So he's been around the NFL. Uh, this, we know he's been around the Stamps neg- negotiation list for seven years now, and uh, he got his little chance to approve what he could do in the return game. So I think you know, having Lewis there and Odom's Dukes, everybody there in the receiving core, and you know, I, I know D- uh, you know, Dietrich Mills didn't have action last week, but he had the touchdown, eleven yards, thirty-six yards. Uh, you know, you still, you still want to see more of that, that rushing get going, but I think that'll come along as you get that continuity on that offensive line and, and having your, you know, Demery at the left, Bryce Bell at the right, and you know those guards, and, of course, Sean McCune in the center. They're going to be, uh, you know, be the anchors for that group. So, uh, you know, another week with uh, healthy bodies and can only get better for Jake uh, from here going forward. Uh,
1: defensively, probably looks a little bit better for the Calgary Stampeders than it actually, or looks worse for them than it actually was last week because Mm -hmm. that late Hail Mary from Mason Fine that finds the back of the end zone uh, all of a sudden makes the score look a little bit closer than maybe it would have. Other than, you know, some communication issues between Moxie and Roberson, I think for the most part, the D would have been pretty happy with their outing in Saskatchewan.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, seven sacks, six from the defensive line, and we've talked about it all year so far wanting to see more from that defensive line. And, and so the came against Saskatchewan. I know they had their own issues on, on their offensive line as well, but, you know, it probably felt good for that group to get after a quarterback for once because the, they've had sacks, but they've really come from the linebackers. And then, you know, Titus Wall, he was, he was technically, you know, like a halfback corner type player, you know, so he's going to, he, you know, getting him a sack was there, but, you know, getting those front four going and, and uh, there was some notes. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with. Uh, we don't think it's injury related. Could be, but you know, uh, uh, Trey Roberson he wasn't working with the ones today. It was Kobe Williams and with uh, with Moxie and Jamerson and Griffin at the boundary. So we'll see what happens with Trey Roberson. I don't think it's it's too much concern. We'll see what happens at walkthrough tomorrow. Uh, but uh, really, you can't you can't complain too much about that defense. So Michael always been a rock. He's one of the highest rated players from the PFF rankings on defense. So and he's been such a leader in there. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing Micah, you know, like in the rest of the way we have a Matty just sit down with him today. We'll play tomorrow in the stamps hour that, uh, that I'm myself looking forward to hear. And I, I'm excited to hopefully the listeners enjoy as well. Cause I think Mike is very intelligent. He's very, he's very sure of himself and he's, he's such a great player on the field. And cause he's bounced around. I don't think people have really had a chance to, to get to know him and whatnot, but uh, every where he's gone, he's been respected and, and played well. So and he's added a huge element to this defense because it's been such a solid group.
1: Uh, What about the Ottawa side of things? How intrigued are you to see what they're doing? They've got an interesting quarterback that was able to lead them to an upset victory over Winnipeg last week, but I mean, all things considered, we're talking about a guy that entered the season three or four on the Ottawa Red Blacks death chart who's getting the start on Sunday.
2: Yeah, Dustin Crum, the... Player really to talk about right now in the CFL for what he's done uh, stepping in for Jeremiah Masoli, almost tied the game against Hamilton. And of course, walked it off against Winnipeg last week. Uh, he provides a definitely a, a different a different element. He is a very active quarterback, you know, with his legs. Uh, I'm interested to see what he can do with his arms and whatnot. Because you know, Dave Dickinson mentioned this week he he doesn't like giving him much anything. Uh, no, no steady diet of blitzes. No steady diet of uh, you know, man versus zone. It's it's going to be a whole mixed bag for Crumb to to figure out. And you know, I guess that makes it exciting to to watch a, to play against a, a rookie quarterback because you you really you don't know how much what what you you're going you to go on. You have you have a week and a half really a tape to go on, but you know this guy he is you know like other CFL quarterbacks they're active. So I guess. You know, you can take tape from, you know, Lee. I'm not saying he's like a Bergen-Adams type guy or maybe like, maybe like a Cody Fajardo type, you know, if I had to pay more of a comparison to. So I think he provides a different element, and I'm excited to watch them because you go back to their week two meeting out in Ottawa. That was a really close matchup, and I think, you know, if Ottawa went with Tyree Adams to start that game – Instead of uh, rolling with uh, with Nick Arbuckle, who I'm I'm pretty sure just has fallen off the face of the earth. I don't know what's happened to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like Ottawa, you know they they had their chances in that game. Uh, maybe the score looks a little bit nicer than the the actual performance from Ottawa uh, side of things. So I think Ottawa's going to bring it. They're going to be uh, and they got some good news today with uh, Lorenzo Malden. I guess you know he had, he had a, a non contact thing yesterday. Uh, it was a non as a it was a It was a closed session, so the media didn't get much. But today, he wasn't practicing, but he was on the sidelines in uniforms, didn't have a helmet. So I guess, you know, he'll be okay moving forward. We'll see if he's an option for them this week. But that would be a big loss uh, for Ottawa along that defensive line as as Malden's one of the the best in his position in this game.
1: And uh, last but not least, before we let you go, I mentioned it coming in, but uh, Family Day at McMahon, some special stuff uh, going on. If you're heading down to the stadium, what uh, what are the Mm -hmm. Stampeders got planned for Sunday?
2: oh they they're one of the best in the league at doing this getting the, getting there they've been really ramping it up the last few years, especially coming out of covid getting uh getting you know the fans involved early you know two hours before kickoff love we'll the'll we'll transform that old south uh practice field that uh, that doesn't get used too much but they'll transfer it into or transform it into iron gardens. they'll have a bunch of stuff for the kids face painting they'll have uh the injured players will be there signing autographs uh, and barbecue will be served as well so that'll be awesome. Uh, like we mentioned yesterday on the morning show, a ton—the mascot Ralph the dog will be there. Elsa from Frozen, Spider-Man, the kids love those guys, so that'll be fun. And and they are asking if you can for sure, because uh, we know how time uh, t- time t- uh, how time how tough time is for everybody right now. So uh, they're asking me to bring some new school supplies, uh, you know, rulers, pencils, you know, the works, everything, if you can. Uh, you know, school's going to be around the corner here before you know it, and uh, some kids will need some help heading into September. So they're asking you to bring some uh, some new school supplies if you can. Their details are up on their website, uh, com. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, family day, be- beautiful weather, 31 degrees. So, yeah, drink your drink your water, get your sunscreen on, because it'll be a fun day at McMahon.
1: Uh, Dumas, really appreciate it. As always, pal, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll chat with you on Monday, hey? Of course, buddy. Take care. Take care. There you go. Patrick Dumas. Joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline, he is our St. Petersburg reporter and uh, producer on Rustic and Rose and the Big Show uh, every morning here on Sportsnet 960. And yes, Family Day, Aaron, take the fam down, get some barbecue, lots of kid-friendly events. Go and get a your chance. face painted, bud. Yeah, What's go, your
0: go-to there? Are you going butterfly or tiger? Go tiger, obviously. Uh, Pat is always the butterfly. So oh, okay. I didn't know. you. I thought maybe it was a rotation thing. I no. thought maybe you'd go out of left field and do like a ninja turtle kind of green. If, face I, like, if it's bandana. a talented
1: face, painters, then, uh, face painter, then face painter, like go Spider Man or something. Have well, some he's going to be it. there. I did not realize Spider Man. Spider Man himself will be there. So you're a big Spider. That's reason but then, enough. But to then go you'll down. just get
0: confused with him. And yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's nobody needs that. He'll
1: know it's, he'll know it's a fan thing though. Make sure that he he's aware. Okay, we'll make but sure. But
0: you're the real Spider-Man? No, no, but the...
1: he's the real Spider-Man. Okay. We're going to make sure that I'm that we won't confuse the two of us. Obviously. I don't want to take the guy's job. The real Spider-Man? Yeah, the real Spider-Man's going to be there. Oh my cam, do you have a problem with that? No, I, I got to go meet him. You have an issue with everything it feels like. A <laughs> problem with Spider-Man too? Be for yourself. Spider- like Spider-Man 2? Oh, you mean like Spider-Man as well.
0: No, I don't have an issue with Spider-Man. I mean, I, I, I picked up what you did there with the two versus two, but yeah. that doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> the second, I mean, the last uh, the sequel is really good. Across the Spider-Verse? Very good. That was a Spider-Man That's Man not the two. Spider-Man it's we're not. talking about, though. I know. We're talking about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Cam.
1: He was good. I like him. Thanks, Cam.
0: Great analysis. Dy- dynamite drop
1: Appreciate that. You can hit the blues whenever you're ready. <laughs> kidding uh we're hanging out with Lacey's basin system no they're saying boo earns boo earns and right
0: on time too
1: no oh, just yeah exactly lightning what I
2: fast reaction time.
1: yeah lightning quick
0: the punctuality is what i appreciate the most there
1: uh we're gonna work on some time when we come back <laughs> Uh, on the other side, we'll kick off hour two. Our NHL offseason review continues. Take a look at the Buffalo Sabres. Plus, find out who Aaron Vickers thinks is the top remaining NHL free agent goaltender. His answer will stun and surprise you. It, maybe it won't. There's like five guys left, but that it might still... It might anger you. It, it might.
0: You'll feel all sorts of emotions. Oh, you'll
1: think all sorts of things when you find out.
2: Are you going to go through the seven stages of grief?
0: He's,
1: no, I've. you might. I'm yeah. okay with where I'm at. No, he's, he's content with his yeah. With his choice. But you won't know who that choice is until we do that. And we're coming up on hour two Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960, the Fan.